How do you intend to make your own way in this world? Do you also aspire to be great or nothing? Episode 2 Here on Encounters ABLCS G1 presents a reading of the highlight scenes from Little Women, a screenplay written and directed by Greta Gerwig, based on the novel written by Louisa May Alcott, starring Alisa Oriavena as Joe, Micah Inoviso as Meg, Raylene Sabihon as Amy, Rose Ann Pawaan as Beth, Marlon Canyon as Marnie, Edsel Laurente as Aunt March, Jules Ronald Rivera as Laurie, and Ray Ian John Sanchez as Mr. Dashwood. Little Women is a coming-of-age novel written by American novelist Louisa May Alcott. It draws readers into the world of the four March sisters, Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy, and their mother, Marmy, and follows the girls as they grow from the impulsive teens into mature young women. Alcott's episodic narrative showcases the girls' individuality and ambitions, their triumphs and trials, their shortcomings and evolving characters, and their relationships with one another with their mother and with society at large. Alcott's novel balances and transcends sentimentality with realistic depictions of the challenges inherent in the pursuit of true vocation and true love, the burden of domestic labor, and the effects of social pressures and life's challenges, including illness on female ambition. Interior, March House, Joe and Meg's Attic, night 1869. Dear Mr. Dashwood, enclosed are the first few chapters of a piece I've only begun working on. It could suit as a story for a young people, but I think it's probably quite boring. However, I'm sending it to you just in case it has something of value, though I doubt it. Interior, Aunt March's house, day January 1862. Josephine! Yes? Is there a reason you stopped reading Belsham? I'm sorry, I'll continue. You mind yourself, dearie. One day you'll need me, and you'll wish you had behaved better. Thank you, Aunt March, for your employment and many kindnesses, but I intend to make my own way in the world. <laughs> no, no one makes their own way. Not really. Least of all the women. You'll need to marry well. You are not married, Aunt March. But then because I am rich, and I made sure to keep hold of my money. So the only way to be an unmarried woman is to be rich? Yes. But there are precious few ways for women to make money. That's not true. Could run a cat house, or go on the stage. Practically the same thing. Other than that, you're right. Precious few ways for women. That's why you should heed me. So I can get married? No. So you can live a better life than your poor mother has. Marmy loves her life. You don't know what she loves. Your father cared more about educating Friedman's children than taking care of his family. Yes, but he was right. It is possible to be right. And foolish. Well, I don't think so. Well, you're not paid to think. Interior, Paris, Artist Studio, Day 1869. Hello, Amy. I don't want to see you. Oh, Amy. I'm so sorry for how I behave. Please. Forgive me? Have you been drinking again? Only a little. And it's 4 p.m. You can't be too hard on me. Well, someone has to do it. So, when do you begin your great work of art, Rafaela? Never. What? Why? Because I'm a failure. 
Joe is in New York being a writer and I am a failure. But that's quite a statement to make of 20. Rome took all the vanity out of me and Paris made me realize I'd never be a genius. I'm giving up all my foolish artistic hopes. Why should you? You have so much talent and energy. Talent isn't genius. And no amount of energy can make it so. I want to be great or nothing. I won't be a commonplace tower. So, I don't intend to try anymore. What women are allowed into the club of geniuses anyway? The Brontes. That's it? I think so. And who always declares genius? Well, men, I suppose. They're cutting down the competition. <laughs> That's a very complicated argument to make me feel better. You, though? Feel better? Well, I do think that male or female, I'm just a middling talent. Middling talent? Then, may I ask your last portrait to be of me? <laughs> Alright. Now that you've given up all your foolish artistic hopes, what are you going to do with your life? Mm, polish up my other talents and be an ornament to society. Here is where Fred Vaughn comes in, I suppose. Don't make fun. <laughs> I'm not. You are not engaged, I hope. No. But... You will be if he goes down properly on one knee. Most likely, yes. He's rich. Richer than you, even. I understand queens of society can't get on without money. But it does sound odd coming from one of your mother's girls. I've always known that I would marry rich. Why should I be ashamed of that? There's nothing to be ashamed of, as long as you love him. Well, I believe we have some power over who we love. It isn't something that just happens to a person. I think the poets might disagree. Well, I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman, and as a woman, I have no way to make money, not enough to earn a living and support my family. And even if I had my own money, which I don't, it would belong to my husband the minute that we were married. If we had children, they would belong to him, not me. They would be his property. So don't sit there and tell me that marriage is not an economic proposition because it is. It may not be for you, but it most certainly is for me. That will be Fred now. How do I look? Do I look alright? My dear, you look beautiful. You are beautiful. Exterior. Seashore, 3-1869. The post office in the forest was a capital little institution and flourished wonderfully. For many things passed through it, poetry and pickles, tragedies, garden seeds and long letters, music and gingerbread, invitations, scaldings and even puppies. <laughs> it's all about us. It is. I love it. It's just a little story. It's nothing like what you usually write. 
You don't think it's too boring? No. My favorite one yet. Really? Give me another Yes, ma'am. And keep writing them. I will. Even when I'm not here. No, don't say that. Don't say it. I have to tell you. No, you don't. I've had a very long time to think about this and I'm not afraid. No. It's like a side phone now. It goes up slowly, but it can't be stopped. I'll stop it. I'll stop it before. Interior, March House, Med and Joe's Room, Spring Day, 1865. I can't believe today is my wedding day. Mm, me neither. What's wrong? Nothing. Joe. We can leave. We can leave right now. What? I can make money. I'll tell stories. I'll do anything. I cook, clean, work in the factory. I can make a life for us. But Joe. And you. You should be an actress and have a life on the stage. Let's run away together. I want to get married. Why? Because I love him. You will be bored of him in two years and we will be interesting forever. Just because my dreams are not the same as yours doesn't mean they are unimportant. And I want a family and a home. And I'm not scared of working and struggling, but I want to do it with John. I just, I just hate that you're leaving me. Oh, Joe, I'm not leaving you. Besides, one day it will be your turn. I'd rather be a free spinster and paddle my own canoe. I can't believe childhood is over. It was going to end one way or another, and what a happy end. Interior, March House, Attic. Day 1869. I hope I'm not disturbing writing. I don't do that anymore. It didn't save her. You are much too lonely here, Joe. Wouldn't you like to go back to New York? What about your friend, Frederick? Was that his name? No. I ruined our friendship with my temper, just as I ruined everything. I doubt a sincere friend will be to tears. I wish that were true. If I were a girl in a book, this would all be so easy. I gave up the world happily. Laurie is returning, you know. Oh, he is? Mm-hmm. There was a letter from Amy. She's coming home. She was devastated about Beth, and Aunt March is very ill. But Laurie will be accompanying them on the journey home. That's good of him. What is it? I don't know. Perhaps... Perhaps I was too quick in turning him down. Do you love him? Well, if he asked me again, I think I would say yes. Do you think he will ask me again? But do you love him? I know that I care more to be loved. I want to be loved. It is not the same as loving. It's just women. They have minds and souls, as well as hearts, ambition and talent, as well as beauty. And I'm sick of being told that love is all a woman is fit for, but I am so lonely. Interior, Aunt March House, day 1869. I thought she hated me. <laughs> she could still hate you and leave you the house. <laughs> what about you and John? We can't manage a house like this. It's too big. I should sell it. 
but I love to do something that would really make Aunt March turn in her grave. I wouldn't mind that. A nice turning, just a rotation, nothing terrible. What will you do? I like to open a school. We never had a proper school, and now there are women's colleges opening. There should be a school for Daisy. Hmm. And what will Demi do? I'll open a school for boys and girls, both. What about writing? <laughs> what about it? What are you working on? Um, I started something, but I don't think it's very good. Hmm. Everyone likes what you write. No, they don't. I do. It's just about our little life. So? Who will be interested in a story of domestic struggles and joys? It doesn't have any real importance. Maybe we don't see those things as important because people don't write about them. No, writing doesn't confer importance. It reflects it. I'm not sure. Perhaps writing will make them more important. When did you become so wise? I have always been. You were just too busy noticing my faults. Which weren't there, of course. Interior, New York Publishing Office, day 1869. Dear Miss March, I have read the chapters you've sent, and I have to agree that they aren't very promising. Please, send us more stories of the scandal variety, if you have any. Or, shall I say, your friends can. <laughs> uh, my apologies for the joke. I just couldn't help it. Hi, everyone. So, I would like to welcome all of our listeners to the commentary part of the second part of our podcast, which is all about uh, the little women and uh, part of the American literature and uh, also a film made in uh, 2020. So, of course, with me now is uh, Giselle, who will be um, my companion for uh, today's uh, commentary about Little Women. So, hi, Giselle. How are you? Hello, Lara. I'm good. How are you? Hi. I'm actually a bit busy these days, but um, I'm really excited to what we're going to talk about today. Uh, yeah. So, too. right, it's really uh, an exciting thing to talk about. So, um, let me just have this uh, short introduction and a quick recap to what we heard a while ago about uh, Little Women. This uh, this uh, novel turned into film. So just um, a quick recap so our listeners could have um, the plot reviewed on their minds. So today we're going to discuss uh, the reading we had a while ago. And in this narrative, we saw how the lives of the four March sisters named Meg, Joe, Beth, and Amy, and details on their passage, their struggles, and journey from childhood to womanhood happened, right? And um, this took place in the year after the Civil War. So Joe March, our protagonist, lives in New York and makes her living as a writer, while her sister Amy studies painting in Paris. Amy, on the other hand, their other sister, has a chance encounter with Theodore, a childhood crush who proposed to Joe but was ultimately rejected after. And um, their oldest sibling, Meg, on the other hand, married to a school teacher while their youngest sibling named develops this devastating illness so this is where the food that we will be having today will revolve and without further ado shall we dig into the talk to self yes uh sure um you know when i first uh saw the movie 
I actually liked it. I actually cried a lot during during uh, that movie. Me too, yeah. It was very dramatic. It was very real. Uh, as a woman, it, it spoke to me. Uh, all the issues presented, all the the scenes, it's just also um, detailed. It's very... The producers and the the director, the actors did a very good job in in adapting the movie, no. But when I uh first saw the movie, uh the first thing I noticed is the struggles of being a woman. Uh, you you could uh see it already in the four characters, you know, Joe, Meg, Amy, and Beth. Uh, firstly, Joe is uh, a free bird that can't be tied down. She doesn't want to be in the, uh, dependent to anyone. Uh, we could see that earlier in the script reading where she uh, tried to convince Meg to just run away and uh, stop Mary, stop the wedding, stop the wedding, no? Uh, but yeah, and Joe also dreams to be published because uh, she writes. But you know, as a woman back in their time, it's very hard because, you know, you're a woman. Um, being published, uh, that's that's preposterous to to think uh, back then. So, and, and Amy, Amy's struggle is she wants to be a painter, but there's no one to support it except her Aunt March. But uh, her Aunt March isn't going to be a permanent support, you know, so she needs a husband to support um, her hobby. But but as I said, it's another struggle for a woman because when when you're when you're a woman, you can't support your hobby on your own. And uh, just to add, women are not able to have property in in that movie. In that time period, they're not allowed to be educated or go to schools like men do. So they don't have any means to make money like men do. This results to women not being able to make money on their own. Although they could still do it, but it would be very, very hard. So yeah, this movie does a really good job of showcasing those struggles, presenting that to the audience, no? Um, so, Lara, uh, I have a question for you. What makes you feel, as a woman, back then, that we weren't even able to go to college or do any of those stuff? Yeah, I was actually uh, listening to you, and I agree that the movie really did a great job in, in showing how realistic and how struggling uh, these situations were for women back then. And um, to answer your question, Giselle, I think, um, of course, as a woman who's very uh, expressive in my ideas, like not just in class, but in, in, in daily conversations, of course, it saddens me. And uh, I, I, you know, it appears to be utterly unfair because, of course, men back then were allowed to really be educated and to, to, to assert their opinions on on different aspects in politics or in just in daily living, right? And um, I think it's it's unfair for women because, you know, women has this great potential in them that when you nurture it's like nurturing a gem that would really help the society a lot and uh, we know that aside from bearing life women were women were also bearing great ideas even back then and you know i i can't help but think that these people who were behind the the propagation of the mindset that women cannot cannot be educated and cannot you know go to the academe are just too fearful of what women could do and become if they become well educated you know and uh, it would definitely 
going to the academe and being exposed to a lot of you know research and, and and knowledge back then would definitely awaken the hunger for personal growth and of course the discovery that women have or women possesses that that time and these struggles of not going to the academe is actually related to pursuing your personal growth as a woman, right? And uh, I think that's one of the areas or the issues that were also presented in the film. But now we will be going on the other side of, of pursuing your personal growth. This one is a bit closer to our hearts because it's about our families so a while ago we were talking about how the society and the lawmakers and the government back then weren't allowing women to go to school but uh, i think this area is a lot more difficult to talk about because it's about our families this one is about the struggle of women to pursue personal growth because of familial duties Like in the film, we can see, or in the novel, for Joe and in some cases for Amy, her sister, the problem of being both a professional artist and a dutiful woman creates conflict and pushes the boundaries set by the 19th century American society. And, you know, Joe is a really ambitious woman. Like, it's she's very vocal about her thoughts and her dreams and what she wants for herself. But then she is being hindered by this thinking or this mindset that she has to work for her family. She has to work um, a lot of, or she has to have this, a lot of jobs for her to be able to provide for herself and for her family. And and being an artist or to be an artist back in those times where you are really hindered by these duties that, your family is giving you is a really hard thing and it's a really a huge struggle for women women on the, of the 19th century and we can also see that in Amy because uh, of course we can see how she is very passionate um, in painting even when she was uh, a teenager and but then she thinks that her life is set to be with someone rich or she has to marry someone rich for her to be a productive part of the family or of the society and uh, also in that in the the plot while meg and beth conform to the society's expectations of the role that women women should play play of course meg were was able to to marry and to have a family and beth uh in the course of her life even her life was was a bit short she was able to like portray what the women of the 19th century were were supposed to do or supposed to be she never had this relationship or or, or relationship to any men in her life and on the other hand amy and joe initially attempt to break free from these constraints and nurture their individuality if you could notice there's always this uh, repulsion inside them that even though they are doing these things like for joe instead of being a full-time writer which is she is very passionate about she decided to become an educator a private tutor of, of kids and there's nothing wrong with that but we know that inside her heart that's not what she wanted to do and on the other hand amy one always wanted to pursue this painting career and we could see how she is very passionate to it because she actually does it as a hobby she she draws people she draws sceneries but then she is her life is entirely focused on how she could marry that that, that rich guy that were, she was supposed to be married to, right? And um, while Alcott, the, the author of, of this novel, uh, does not suggest that one model of womanhood is more desirable than the other, like, can you, you can see that in the film, that she doesn't really... Um, pushes the idea that this image of a woman is actually better than this. She doesn't do that. But 
Instead, she recognizes that one image is actually more realistic than the other. And I think that's one of the things that I really liked in the novel. She wasn't uh, restrained to show that this image of a woman, this working woman is actually more realistic and it happens back in that time than than the other images of a woman, right? And regarding all these things that were that hinders the personal growth of women back then, I would like to point out just uh, one one evident uh, achievement for women um, these days. If uh, you noticed, Giselle, this past few months, there mm-hmm. were news about um, female achievers, right? Like yeah. in university, they were all often in the newspapers and in the headlines that these women are actually the top notchers or these women are actually um, the top achievers of their school and I think that's a really good thing to hear and I would like to ask you on what's your um your your reaction to these things or what do you feel about this women actually dominating the headlines on being um achievers and how they were different from the women of the 19th century Ah, yeah, that's actually a very good question. You know, whenever I see an article, whenever I read an article, or hear on the radio, or watch um, on TV, uh, women uh, being reported as top-notchers, achievers, uh, getting recognized by these universities, by these um, institutions, it's very heartwarming, you know, as a woman. And I'm very proud as a woman, even though it's not my own achievement. Um, it feels like it's my own as well because they, they, are, they are women. They're women. And it's very uh, inspiring, actually, to, to pursue more of making people... Uh, aware that women are more than just uh, a cook, more than just a babysitter, more than just teachers, more than just um, uh, yeah, more than just women. They're they're human beings. They could be like men as well. Even so, they're more. I think they're more. They're even more capable than men. But that's a controversial uh, point. Um, what my main point yeah. is, um, women now are very, women are now seen as these top-notchers and it makes my heart happy, it makes me glad, and I'm proud of them, I love them so much. Ooh, women, they're so nice, <laughs> they're so great. Yeah. But yeah, so, uh. Talking about this actually reminded me of the image of a woman, you know, even though um, they're seen as top-notchers and achievers right now, uh, some people still see them as, well, as just wives, housewives, you know, the one who who cooks, the one who takes care of the baby, the one who uh, does the laundry, do the dishes. Um, it's very frustrating to witness uh, women being degraded like that, you know, because in actually in uh, the movie, L- Little Women, uh, what I noticed there is that a woman is automatically presumed to marry in order to have a good and happy life. You know, for example... Uh, Amy on marrying someone rich. She wants to marry someone rich because she wants uh, someone to to support her painting career. Yeah, and and as we no as we witnessed as we watched earlier in the script reading, Joe said to um. Is it Aunt March or Marmy? I forgot. Yeah, the only way to be an unmarried woman is to be rich, which is such 
a sad, sad line. Because what I realized there is that women are expected to be dependent on men as if as if they don't have their own lives. Um, they're expected to do household chores when they could do so much more than that. You know, it's in the movie. You could see it in the movie. Uh, Joe is presented as a writer. Amy is presented as a painter. They could do so much more. They have so much more talents. And yet, society uh, see only sees them as this human being that's supposed to be um, supposed to serve men. And it's just so very, very frustrating. But I'm glad now that there's uh, like there's an improvement at least in today's time no uh women are already allowed to to vote allowed to have property allowed to um well make money of their own so yeah uh lara so how do you see women now in our current time yeah, I agree with everything you said, Giselle, that um, women were really struggling and uh, the, the image of a woman in those times were really set by the patriarchy that were existing back then. And um, on those things that you discussed, it made me reflect on how different women are in these days, right? And it makes me proud, actually. If there's one thing that I could tell, it is definitely definitely how women are bolder these days. Like, you know what I mean? Bolder in, in their decisions, in their career choice, and definitely on the image that they make of themselves. Like, before, if uh, you're you're a teenager or or like a young adult, you are supposed to dress like this for you to be called a smart and a productive woman, and you're supposed to do this kind of work just so you could be a noble woman, right? But uh, in these days, women are. Are, are, are having this freedom on how they would present themselves in their daily lives. And I think that's a really, that's a bit of a progress, I can say, on how the society perceives or sees women, right? And um, I think they are also bold on their career choice like before you are like what i said you are supposed to work on these um professions alone because of course if you you will get a lot of, of negative comments if you try to dominate on, on a field where men were supposed to dominate but today there were there are a lot of things that women does that breaks those barriers like women are now dominating in the fields that were dominated by men before and in terms of freedom of speech they are really given a, a huge or a larger platform right and speaking of that career choice have you noticed how women were obliged to work in the setting showed in the film like it was really evident in, in the course of the film because uh, over the course of, of little women the march sisters were trying to find happiness through their daily activities right like their dreams and to each other and in their childhood and it's a bit joe is very vocal about it she even said that she cannot believe the childhood is finally over and they're already grown-ups and adults who has to work and who has to follow this work ethic that they have and when they do not engage in any productive work, we can see that they actually end up a bit guilty and remorseful about themselves. And this is a, a, a very important issue that the novel we're trying to present in the course of the, of the film and of, of the novel itself. It 
shows how that the only way to find meaningful happiness is when women are working either for a living or for the benefit of their families and it's really evident in the lives of of the sisters for Joe and for Amy and even for Meg right and the novel demonstrates what we call this Puritan work ethic the importance of this work ethic that dictates how holy is it is to do work right it is very evident in this work ethic this specific Puritan work ethic in line with the transcendentalist teachings with which the author Alcott grew up tried actually it, it tried in the New England that time in 19th century where many Puritans lived and where the novel took place and um, the author wasn't afraid to show how not just women but but also men were pressured to always treat their work as as a holy um a holy task like you cannot really thrive and be a productive part of the society and even of your family if you don't have something to offer them to give them right and regarding that we now in the present time we have this image of a female boss right and it's a very uh, popular uh, image in in feminism and i want to ask you Giselle, of your opinion of how do you think this image of a female boss in the present times empowers women but also actually um, degrades or lowers the self-esteem of some women these days. Like, I would like to know your opinion on how this image is becoming really popular and how it affects the women around us. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, I think the image of the female boss is a great example of what women should be in today's time you know because uh, back then men were only like regarded as the boss but now women can be bosses too and it's actually it gives me a great feeling personally but um i think it's uh um it empowers women because uh this image it gives them motivation to to aspire to be the female boss it gives them an ambition you know, it motivates them, it inspires them. But at the same time, um, uh, some other women don't. Uh, it The female boss is very intimidating for them. Because um, men, when they see uh, a female boss, they automatically degrade it. Because um, it's hard to say for sure, but I think they're insecure. Because that um, women are finally, you know, equal to them and they're insecure. So they degrade them. And some women, they don't like that. They don't want to be degraded by men. Of course, who would want to be degraded anyway? So, yeah, I think that lowers uh, the self-esteem of some women. Seeing, uh, wanting to be a female boss, it's not, it's, they don't want to be a female boss anymore. It lowers because they know that men would just degrade them. There's this fear inside of them that men would uh, automatically hate them once they became when, once they become the female boss, you know. And it's sad, but it's sad. But uh, that's our society right now, and I hope that a change will come soon you know um but this oppression of the men of men this oppression of men uh it's not only um present to women now it's not only women that are oppressed by men their uh, fellow men even though it's hard to admit it fellow men um men uh also oppress their fellow men Patriarchy also affects men because um, other men, they expect other men to act rational 
and reasonable. Uh, they expect them to act logical. They expect them to be emotionless, to not show feelings. They, ex- they expect them to be strong and, you know, always reliable. They're not allowed to complain or whine just because they're men. And this is, uh, Lori actually, from Little Women, is a good example of this. Um, there's a scene in a book where Lori wanted to run away because, um, he was yelled at by his grandfather because Lori didn't want to pursue uh, business anymore. He wanted to pursue career. And when his uh, grandfather knew about this, uh, he was disapproving. And Lori, Lori, of course, was sad. It, um, it made him sad, it made him angry that he can't do what he wants, you know? Actually, this reminds me of toxic masculinity. Men should be able to feel like men without getting told that they're not man enough, you know? Uh, uh, Lori's grandfather did not see music as a man enough career for Lori. So this often results to them hiding what they truly feel, to men hiding what they truly feel or what they truly want. At this point, I want to reiterate that men are also possible to be a victim of the oppressive system that is patriarchy. And it's so sad that even men who are the cause of oppression are being oppressed. So. Yeah, Lara, what what would you like to say to the men right now that are currently of being a victim of toxic masculinity? Yeah, thanks for that uh, question, Giselle. Um, while you were speaking a while ago, I was actually uh, reflecting on how, you know, the, the things that you were talking about, about men who were being victims of of patriarchy and toxic masculinity are really present back in those times and it makes me think of how men are still being victims of those things even now like in in daily setting or even in social media platforms and i think my answer to that uh, question is that like of course like women men should not be limited to a set of norms in in presenting themselves or in, in creating images of themselves, right? Because the best way to present ourselves is, of course, the way that we want to present ourselves and not how we want people to see us, right? And I think that really hinders so much potential both in, in men and in, in women when we start to 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 act and to think on in the way that the society tells us to do so just because it's conventional right and i think these barriers are really the things that we have to break in the course of time in in different aspects because it really hinders like what i said really hinders a lot of potential from from men and women alike and if we just try to, you know, present or make an image of ourselves in the way we want to, I think that would encourage most of us to be, you know, more more free in, in thinking and in, in expressing ourselves. And that would really be a progress in how we view men and women these days. And I, I think your question actually brings us to the next topic which is also presented in the novel this one is about the gender stereotypes in the society because uh, you know you you saw how uh, little women questions the validity of gender stereotypes right this is 
one is both applicable to male and, and female, to men and women. And our protagonist, Joe, at times, does not want to be the conventional female that uh, she is supposed to be in 19th century or in that 19th century setting. And in her desires and her actions, she actually shows this frustration on the, the, the typical gender expectations expected from her. Like, you can literally hear her talking about how women are are supposed to to just you know marry and, and, and love someone and that women were viewed as someone who or, or or as people who are just supposed to to love the people around them and to love men and to serve them and she actually mentioned that that women aren't just supposed to be lovers and to be servers in this society she she continually shows this image of an unconventional woman who tries to break free of how a society a 19th century um, society views women right and this is evident on one of the scenes in the beginning which is actually a bit um, a funny and cute scene when she met Laurie it, it's a, it's the party where she wore a dress with a burnt mark and it's actually an evident evidence that she does not possess this tremendous social grace that were expected for young women on those times it's actually a quality that 19th century american society cultivated in women that when you go to a social gathering you are supposed to you know socialize and you know show gracefulness and show how prim and proper you are and Joe, even in the start, on one of those uh, scenes, which is the start of the film, already broke the rules and she refused to, you know, show herself, show a part of herself, which is actually not her. And also, in the course of the, the novel, we can see how Joe wants to earn a living. She works for her family and for herself which is a duty conventionally reserved for men right and in those times men were expected to be the ones to provide on their own family or on the family where they grew up and um on the other hand like what you said Lori was also a victim of this stereotypes right there are times when Laurie does not want to be a conventional man, just like Joe. He wants to pursue music, like what you mentioned a while ago. And at that time, I, I totally agree that music and actually arts in 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 general is a very it's a culturally feminine pursuit, right? It's it's rather feminine just or instead of pursuing business, which is a culturally masculine pursuit that time. And we can see it even on the subtle details um, connected to Lori, like even his nickname, Lori, which he uses in favor of his much more masculine given name, Theodore, it suggests that that Lori actually has this feminine side and he's not really afraid to show it to the people not just to the ones that he is close to, right? And uh, regarding this uh, gender stereotypes, I just uh, thought of this uh, question, this cell, and I want to hear your opinion about, the, about this because these gender stereotypes are obviously still thriving in the present times. And I want to know if, do you think there are still areas that we need to work on in the issue of veering away from being the conventional men or or a woman? Like, of course, we have this um, image of how women and men of of the twenty first century should should act or should show themselves. And do you think there are still areas that we can work on? Or that need, or that still need development or improvement. Yes, 
I actually think so, that there's still areas. Actually, in social media, it's very, very apparent that men still think they're better than everyone. Um, it's, it's sad, actually, that there are still areas that we need to work on into veering away from the conventional image of men and women. Uh, and actually, personally, I have, I've, I've experienced, uh, some of those issues, like, uh, my parents want me to act, uh, all girly, all Maria Clara and stuff, they want me to have long hair, they want me to, uh, wear dresses and stuff, they want me to act feminine, and it's just sad that I'm expected to, to, act like that even i don't have any uh, uh complaints about that i mean i i also want to act feminine but the problem is i don't is women are still being told of what they should be you know and it's sad and i think that's an area that we still need to work on during this present time and uh, speaking of that uh i also noticed in in the film uh little women that there are gender biases especially in the field of art you know joe as a writer uh, amy as a painter and lori who wants to pursue music instead of business so um all of these career paths are as you said all very feminine um, and it's kind of, I don't know what to feel about that, actually, because right now we're pursuing, um, a literature course, and it's not really feminine or masculine. I don't even know why careers have genders. They don't even need to have gender. Definitely, yeah. yeah they don't even need to have gender. It's like, like, it's very mind-boggling you know and even gender neutral things uh they're not even gender neutral themselves like you know in clothes there are unisex clothes such as uh t-shirts and sneakers which are not really unisex they're masculine because you wouldn't call a dress gender neutral you'd call it feminine or at least uh, other people would see it as feminine and that's also very sad as well that it still it still exists here in our society and i want to add as well uh i've just um realized not realized i i've just witnessed this the other day the word bakla gay bading tomboy and tibo they're still being used as slurs and insults just because people think that what those people are doing are not fitted for a boy or a girl. It's very sad that our society still thinks like that. No? So it makes you wonder, no, Lara? Uh, I, I want to ask you, what do you feel about gender biases still existing up to this point in time? Yeah, these gender biases are really saddening because, you know, each people has this uh, individuality in them and they also have this set of skills and set of passions that they really possess. And if we will just be basing their their worth on just their gender, I think that would be utterly unfair because um, I personally think that we should not set boundaries like these gender biases especially on on one's career or on one's performance in any in any field we should assess people or individuals based on what they can do and what they can offer right and on on the skills that they they on their talent can do more and on where do we speak on someone's growth I think that would be really unfair not just to women but also to men who wants to 
So, you know, an unconcealed work. Right? Um, I think these things, these gender biases were actually present in, in the novel and even the characters in the film weren't safe. I mean, these uh, gender biases, like for example, our protagonist, Joe. Joe is an aspiring writer, right? She submits her stories and we can see how unfair it is, not just on the field of arts, because she often submits her work anonymously, and she agrees for a minimum payment. I mean, of course, we know that that is really unfair if we would look on how passionate Joe is in writing her stories. And um, also, in the, in the image that Joe portrays, she is a tomboy, right? She's not this conventional, graceful woman in that uh, 19th century setting. She always defies this gender roles expected from her. And because of this, she often feels out of place because of her aspirations. She, I, I, I'm happy, I'm actually satisfied, or, or I became... Like, it's a relief for me that she never gave up on her her passion for writing just because of, of, of these gender biases. Because we can see how she often feels out of place as if her aspirations don't fit into the convention of being a good woman or a good wife or a good mother, right? And uh, I think it's just a very brave thing to do especially b- back then to not you know uh, be confined and to conform on those on those things that were expected from you and uh, also on that novel i just realized that in a world where men are the narrators and protagonists of their stories women often linger in the shadows right we can see that on on how characters and how the publisher talked to Joe, right? And women were often reduced to an object of desire. Like if the publisher wants a, a, a female character to do this or to become this, it actually happens because that's just how the industry works. And if, if, people from from or or leaders people from the top would want these women to be an object of of pity it it's a thought it's a mindset that is being propagated especially in literature we know how literature plays a huge part in propagating uh, mindsets and philosophies back then right and i think Alcott, the, the author of, of this novel, breaks away from this trend it, because she presented Joe's journey as a hero's journey, as, as a journey of a woman, as a heroine. And one that is one of the things that is actually usually portrayed by men. And that's very revolutionary for, for, for me. And in the in the beginning of, of, of the novel, Joe starts off as a woman trying to fit into the society governed by, by by patriarchal rules and regulations, right? You can often see that. But she was brave enough to face these trials for pursuing her ambitions. And we can see how Joe makes tough calls in both her personal and professional life. And in the end, it doesn't fo- follow the usual plot of women just uh, meeting the love of their life. Well, what she did, but she is actually rewarded of things more than that. She is awarded to buy or of success and love in the end. And I think that's a very uh, revolutionary thing for for authors in these times. And I just want to um, remind or refresh these lines from Joe to our listeners right now that women, they have minds and they have souls as well as just hearts and they've got ambition and talent as well as just beauty. And I'm so sick of people saying that love is just all a woman is fit for. I mean, if these 
lines were are really powerful and i think this sums up the whole character of, of joe in, in, in the novel and how she had this um repulsion inside her that she always wanted to do more than what is expected from her and i think that's one of the most important things that women of these present times should remember because even though this is done in a 19th century very conservative very conventional setting the the bits of of issues and uh biases presented in this novel is still happening today and is still present in in most areas of society and i think this is really an important uh starting off place for women this this novel is an important starting off in how um women should learn how to you know be be fearless and be bold in in being unconventional right Giselle? and um as we end this um commentary i want of course i want you to also tell our listeners on how how women and men should be empowered by this novel and how you think um men and women of today could gain um empowerment from each other and from uh, from literature like this so if you could give your like your closing statements on how on about women and, and men empowerment yeah okay uh i actually agree with all of what you said i think joe is a great protagonist little women is such a great piece of literature it's a great introduction if you want to study feminism actually because it doesn't only talk about women being oppressed it also talks about the struggles of men you know like that's actually that's that's really what feminism is all about equality not equity so so yeah if to to the listeners listening i urge you to read the book or even just watch the movie it's such a great story i really like it personally and it gave me a lot of realizations about our society back then and our society today and how much how much has changed you know so yeah and thank you lara for <laughs> for giving those points i learned a lot from this podcast i realized a lot actually and yeah Yeah, thanks for that, Giselle. That's a uh, really um, powerful advice for our women and uh, men of today. And uh, with that, we want to um, personally end this um, commentary about little women and we hope that um, realize things as a woman or even as a man. And we hope that uh, from these statements not hinder you to do change the world and change the environment around you. And we hope you have a great day ahead. And um, we hope that you would you became empowered by this uh, commentary. Thank you so much, guys. And let's now listen to the third part of our series. Thanks, everyone.